but honestly at the same time i've noticed that like sixes tend to be like the most self-hating in like a way i've noticed Mm -hmm. like that there's this willingness to like complain and complain about how their life sucks sometimes but then there's also this sense of like oh but it's really like if i had done x y or z like i feel like they start with blaming other people and then at the end of the day it's sort of like Mm. oh but i suck you know, not because they not because they have like bad self-esteem, but because there's this default mindset that my own mind is untrustworthy. Guys, welcome back to Not My Type. It's Jack and Malia here as ever. And today we are discussing something we haven't really, um, something we've thought about in the background of our minds, but we've never really brought it up to the show. So here we are to discuss the way the Enneagram overlaps with a topic of blame and um, Mm -hmm. how we blame ourselves, how we blame other people in relationships, what that looks like. Um, I think it's incredibly nuanced. So we're not going to have any like clear cut answers, but we're just opening a conversation. Yeah. Okay. So as I was like thinking about this, I feel like it's important to identify what blame is. Like often we think about blame and generally we think like blaming other people for like a problem or something like that. But I think when you, when you really look at the nuance of each type, like blame means something different to each person and to each type, like the way that people blame who each type is, I don't know, used to blaming, I guess, um, how you blame, like, it's just very different for each type. So like, I don't know, I, w- I was thinking, what are the easiest ways for blame to occur with each type? Do you know what I'm saying by that? No. Like, I was thinking about like the one and how the one, I feel like the blame doesn't come out like often with just like blaming other people, but also like critiquing other people, you know, like blame suddenly becomes like you're wrong rather than you hurt me. You know, it's not a, you hurt me from the Mm. one it's a, you messed it up or, or you're, invalidating my point or like my value or something like that it's like very different than the way that maybe the two would which is like I always hear when twos are like talking about people or like maybe blaming other people it's always like a a victim kind of mentality they're like they hurt me in this way you know blame sounds different coming from a two than it does from a one that's a fair point. Yeah, you're totally right about that. So where should we start? Like, what, do you want to start with one? Do you want to go around the circle? What do you want to do? Let's go around the circle as, as per usual. Do you have more to add okay, to well, the one and the two? Well, something I want to throw out there to begin with is that this this topic came up in my mind because, um, I mean, I had thought about this a while ago, but I was revisiting it this past week because in our last episode, we talked about object relations again. Mm. And when we're looking at like that really early relationship that's forming between a child and their parent parent or guardian or whoever's raising them, um, the hexad types, meaning the frustration and rejection types, um, they tend to blame others. They, they blame the parent for the wound to some degree, whereas the attachment types, three, six, and nine are to some degree... Um, presuming that it's their fault that they're not Mm. receiving what they've needed. Um, So there's an adaptation that goes on there, but then you look at them like in adulthood and it it isn't as clear cut as that, you know what I'm saying? It's not like 
three, six, and nine are universally saying like, oh, it's my fault. And everyone else is saying, oh no, it's your fault. Like it's much more right. nuanced than that. And but, you were yeah, also I mean, saying, just, well, you just generally, you were also saying that like, it kind of works easier that way for, for you to take the blame yourself. Can you talk a little about that? Well, yeah. I mean, like basically we think about what's going on with the hexad types and they're separating much earlier, whereas the attachment types are staying latched on to the idea of a parent as something ideal. Um, mm -hmm. Even though they might not actually like love their parents or feel closely attached to their parents, there is, um, there's an orientation toward the parent as something that isn't going to change or doesn't need to change. And so it's my, it's my duty as a child to adapt, to meet, um, meet this static parent where they're at mm -hmm. in order to get what I need. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my tongue hurts so freaking bad. <laughs> I have this horrible ulcer and I feel like I can't talk clearly. Mm, oh. <laughs> ew, don't. What do you mean, ew? That's gross. I'm sorry. That's not gross. That's just pretend, just feel bad for me. Keep your mouth I do shut. feel bad. I feel bad that it's gross. <laughs> what was I saying? Mm. But basically, because the frustration types and the rejection types are so committed to their one specific point of view, they're not willing to deviate from that. And therefore, there's this idea of like lashing out against the world whenever they don't get their way. But it just looks different for each of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, a seven is going to lash out differently than a five would lash out than a four would lash out. But there is a general like kickback from the hexad types because they're committed to their own specific vision. Whereas the attachment types, like their vision is referential to what it is that they've latched onto. And mm -hmm. so the idea is like, when things don't go my way, it's sort of like, well, was it ever really my way? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's go around the circle as we alluded to before, but let's leave out the attachment types actually, and maybe talk about them at the end. Sure. Yeah. So we'll start with one and two. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think with one, it's interesting to look at because like we talk about like the way that ones have such a, a rigid internal world and like, I've heard people use the term inner critic. Like there's this like mm. very angry person inside who's like constantly critiquing the one. So the one probably often feels like it's their fault because we think about like the central mm. narrative for type one and it's the lie that like, I'm bad, you know, like I am guilty. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like they're going to manifest a lot of like critical attitude toward others, especially ones with two wings because there's an extra layer of other involvement. Mm. Um, but and yeah, anyways, I just am intrigued to think about like, what do you think about that? Like, do you, would you guess that ones are more likely to blame themselves or others? Because I feel like behaviorally, I don't know, like I, like some of the ones I know, like my grandma's a one and she's like one of the most um, corrective people I know, you know what I'm saying? She's totally willing to like say that other people did it wrong and she mm. doesn't seem like lacking confidence at all. You know, she seems very confident right. in her assertion. I feel like I, I kind of see it in two ways because I do feel that a lot of ones I know are, critiquing themselves but I often like feel critiqued by ones when they don't intend to if that makes sense so like mm -hmm. I think it's helpful to realize what's going on and maybe what I would assume is blame being placed on me when in reality that's not them placing blame on me like they don't realize that that's how I feel about it but 
their inner critic is like coming out and they're like seeing something that's being done and they are attributing that to something that they feel attached to and so then suddenly they're like oh no that's that's not right because they want it to be good for their sake but of course like if i'm involved then i feel that blame is placed on me but really that's just me assuming that they're blaming me when really there there's like this inner critic that's critiquing whatever's around them in their environment and they think they're just critiquing themselves right but there are other people that get in the way of that it's almost like there's this goal of like perfection and uh, you can't see me but like I'm holding up two hands and there's like a goal of perfection in one on one end and then on the on the other end there's the one right who's like who sees this goal and they're going to throw everything at it to make the the goal of perfection. But sometimes I feel like people get in the way where like people are standing in the way, maybe even trying to help get to that goal. And they're still throwing cr- like critique at the goal in order to make it the best it can be. But then like people get hit by that in, in the meantime. So yeah. does that make any sense? Yeah. It does make sense. And honestly, more than anyone else I've ever met, like ones are the people that you always hear they say they hate group projects in any sort of academic context. They're mm. like, I hate group projects because they're expecting other people to fail them. You know, it's sort of like the frustration yeah. affect, like the idea that like, I will be disappointed in this arena. So I'll just do it myself. Yeah. And so yeah. I feel like there's a twofold, like maybe that blame or that critique is actually being put intentionally but sometimes I feel like it's just a byproduct of them wanting to make themselves good and you hmm. just happen to be in the way. And so I, I kind of feel like it's good to know where blame is coming from, especially with ones, because there's a lot more empathy there and a lot more grace to be given when you realize like, hey, I think they just want it to be good, you know? And like, you can kind of take a step back. It's also realizing that ones are in a competency triad like sometimes they say stuff and they don't know how it sounds <laughs> you know or it's just like it's just like cold and stiff in a way yeah. like too dry you know and some people can be really hurt by that you know and and a lot of ones like don't even know because they're just like oh i just said a fact and you're like yeah but you said you hated my project (laughs) you're like yeah it's a fact that i hate your project (laughs) you're like wait but that like hurts you know and but they don't they don't they didn't say it like that so they don't like assume that it hurt in that way yeah yeah i get what you're saying i think i wonder if ones like also any ones who are listening please come to us oh know where to find us we're on the internet come chime in give us your input and we'll we'll make a response to it um yeah, I don't know. I just I, I get the sense that like maybe they I don't know if they're like if their self-blame is conscious, you know, like they mm. might be self-critical to some degree, but I don't know if it's like there's a if there's a clear sense of like, oh, it's my fault. They probably don't actually think that because they are committed to the higher ethic, you know, whatever they believe that to be. Like honestly, when I think about the ones I know, like they're very perfectionistic and concerned about like doing things correctly. And they might be critical of themselves, but I don't I don't think they often find that it's their fault you know, Mm. like they probably don't often think that they're at fault when I think about the ones that I know, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't even feel like fault is, fits the vocabulary when talking about a one. It's usually not, their focus is not on 
the fault or the hurt, but rather on like the goal. I would argue that fault is like the central focus of type one. Like, whoa, okay. Very- Maybe I don't understand. Go ahead. Explain. Like, like anything, anything that is fault and anything that's wrong is, is the fixation of the Oh, that's oh, okay. Okay. Saying. I see what you're saying like, now. Yeah. So it's anyone's, anyone's fault is just another iteration of like what's deemed mm. wrong or insufficient, you know? And because ones are a super, super ego type that are like committed to their own standard of like, not their own standard, but what they believe to be the standard of what's right and wrong. There's like a, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's probably an, yeah. an overcompensation of like feeling like they've done things the right way, which probably to some degree is for twos and sixes as well. There's a sense of like, mm. because I was doing what I felt I needed to do or what I should do, like I was doing the right thing. Mm. So there's a sense of like, so I'm free of blame here. I don't know. Like maybe we should, maybe we should talk about twos now because. Oh no, I have one more thing to say actually about that. Okay. Okay. I, I'm Do really it. glad you you explained that because I totally was not thinking about the word fault as in a synonym to flaw. I was thinking of it as a synonym for blame, which for some reason is different in my brain. And I think that flaw is a really good way to talk about the, the like injustice that ones feel. And I feel like a lot of ones I know are very, or maybe not a lot of them, but are very conscious of like flaws in the world, even like the greater scheme of like injustice that's being done, flaws systematically, globally, things like that, um, that they just see the wrong and, and their response to that blame is actually to like fix it, you know, critique it, um, work to make it better um which is actually kind of an admirable like i often see that as a very admirable trait of of the one to be able to to be like oh this is a problem and this is like how it could be better you know yeah i get what you're saying that that's true they do have that awareness but to me like i think that even probably extends to relationships that there is Mm. a sense of like fault within relationships that that could be improved Probably, yeah. right? You know, it's just, that's what I'm guessing at. Yeah. That's, All right, two? Thought. Two, yeah. This is sort of, I mean, as, I mean, in my own self-involved way, which like, I don't know. I think that's part of why I thought about blame because I, I like years ago, I was listening to a podcast from Suzanne Stabile, who is like, what, what do they call her? She like labeled herself like the godmother of the Enneagram or something. I don't know. She if labeled herself her up, that? <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. But Anna, I'm pretty sure. Like, girlfriend- wait, hold on. I'm, I just have, I'm just stuck on this. Like, I'm pretty sure Godmother is like the only title that you can't give to yourself. Is that, <laughs> I feel like that <laughs> That's has fair. to be given to you. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Don't, no need to bash this random lady, but go ahead. No, no. She, well, she's, she called herself like, I don't know what she called herself, but someone labeled her the godmother of the Enneagram. Okay. Anna, my girlfriend will call her grandma Enneagram. That's her nickname mm. for her. But, okay. um, she, she once said she's a two herself and she doesn't ever talk about trifix on her podcast or in her world, whatever. I am almost certain she's like two, six, one or something that, that girl is triple. She's triple dependent in, in some degree. Um, but so there's just a lot of like this like maternal flavor to her. Um, mm. But she once said 
in an, in a podcast episode, like someone asked that she was doing a Q and A and someone was asking about blame for a two, like specifically how, how would twos blame mm. themselves or whatever or not. And she said, twos will always blame themselves. And I was like, girl, that is simply not relatable. And then the more I thought about that, the less <laughs> sense that made. Like the more I thought about it, really, like the less sense what she said even made. Because two, like if we think about the central issue for two, it's like, I, I am unwilling to see my own flaws, really. Mm. Like the issue mm. of pride is I'm, I'm unwilling to see my own weakness. And that's why like the narrative, that's why you get that like that pitiful movement to four in type two when it's like, as soon as things don't go their way or someone blames them, it's sort of like, oh, how could you think that of me? Like, it's it's just sort of like this pitiful collapse because two is so unwilling to see their own faults, you know? And, mm. and I think maybe Suzanne Stabile loves to emphasize the part of two that's like unwilling to receive from others, which is totally there. But to me, that's just a byproduct of being unwilling to to check what you might be doing wrong, you know? And mm. like, see the impurity of your own intentions. Um, but yeah, I don't know, just as a two, and maybe this is just like with having seven and eight fixes, like seven and eight together is a pretty bratty stem. Like it's a, it's a very self-indulgent, indulgent, like assertive group of types together. But as a two, I don't resonate at all with the feeling of like, oh, I always blame myself. Like, honestly, mm. I probably tend to blame other people more than I blame myself. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what I was pointing at earlier. And because you are too, I'm going to ask a question rather than make this grand statement. Well, I'll still make a grand statement, but it'll end in a question, (laughs) (laughs) which is to say that I feel like I, from, from twos that I am around or have been around that there's this, um, almost like an elaborate game that's played when there's blame anywhere, just in general with relationships where twos will will tell you just enough to make it seem like you are taking the blame while also making you realize that actually it wasn't your fault. It was this other person's fault. You know, it's like, it's just enough for you for like the other person listening to be like, no, 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 that totally wasn't your fault. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, 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 you're saying like the, the other person will then tell the two, it's not your fault. Yes. Yes. Even though the two will, will phrase it as if it's their fault. Right. But they don't believe that it's really their fault. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I think I've said that a couple of times on this podcast, even because like I, I've noticed that in myself, but I've also noticed it in the, in the lives of other twos I know, because it's like, I can't, the narrative is like, I can't be that directly honest mm. with what's going on. Otherwise I'll just be rejected. Right. So I need to find a way to indirectly make things fair. And I wonder, I don't know how this maps out. Maybe we could talk about two, five and eight collectively as the rejection types, but like, mm. I mean, we think about the rejection types and what their dynamic is. And the response to the wound is like, oh, I was wounded. Um, you rejected me. And you know what? You were right to reject me. So now I'm going to remove that part of myself as well. I'm going to come in agreement with it. But yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that over and over and over. And we might have even mentioned this last time. But like, for me, what I've noticed is that like that rejection dynamic, they're severing that part of themselves and and masking that need from themselves, not only to like, come in agreement with what the parent has said or what they perceive that they've said. Um, but also to like get back at them, you know, to get mm. back at the parents so that there's no, there's no avenue in which that parent can offer love, you know, mm-hmm. like the two severs the need for support and guidance. So then a father figure or a guidance, like a guidance counselor of some sort, some sort of figure who wants to guide and help has no role to play in the two's life. And that's mm-hmm. like sort of its own version of revenge. So I was just curious to your thoughts on that. Like, because to me, it seems like rejection as a dynamic is saying like, 
yeah, yes, I agree. It's my fault. Then, right. then severing that part of themselves. But the reality is that they're only doing that as a way to get back at the other person because it's really the rejector's fault. Right. Well, like blame is used as a kind of a weapon or I, I almost think of it as a maybe type of blame, like self-blame using maybe as a, as a way to kind of skirt around actually taking on blame, but also kind of directing it at others. So in, in a conversation, this could seem like, oh, like this person did this, 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 and this. And then you pause, let that simmer. And then it's like, maybe, maybe I asked for it. You know, there's like that, that like, maybe it was me. And then the person's like, no, 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 no. So you kind of frame it in a, these are the, these are the things I'm telling you about this other person. These are the ways I've been hurt. Maybe I deserved it. And then it goes back to like, no, it totally was that person's fault. So you're kind of like sandwiching the blame to where you don't actually feel like completely or you're not like actually saying what you really think, which is that it was totally that person's fault, but that you kind of in the conversation like that. Yeah. Yeah. But then also like, maybe like if we think about the root lie for type two, like if a two really believes consciously to some degree that they are undesirable and that they're not wanted, mm. like, doesn't that, doesn't that feel like, it is their yeah. fault to some degree, you know what I'm saying? But maybe maybe that's just like, I'm not wanted because my caregiver sucks or I'm not mm. wanted because my significant other doesn't doesn't see me for who I am or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's lots of layers there. It Maybe actually it's like, that's the, that's the deepest layer of like the truth that you really do blame yourself, but you never can get that far because it's, I mean, that would be really heavy to really, I mean, that, I think that's what really unearths the whole two neurosis. Like when you really get to that level of like, actually, even my fake self-blame is real. <laughs> when you start to like realize that oh. I do actually feel that lie, you know, you, you kind of play all these games to make it feel like it's the other person's fault or make it even like even convince the other person that you think that it's your fault when you don't, but really you do. And like, there's so many lies that is like manipulation. That's kind of like going that you're actually manipulating yourself out of realizing that you don't actually feel desired. And like, you do blame yourself. Yeah. That's very interesting. It's very nuanced. That'll take some super take some complex. <laughs> I hope let's like, move that, on to type yeah, three. No, that was like, I was on. like writing, <laughs> drawing a diagram in my head to realize the layers of that. So I hope that made sense to somebody. Um, I'm thinking yes. about vanity, like vanity yeah. for type three as like, I don't know. We think about, Oh wait, did you want to save the attachment types for later? Do you still want that? Uh, no, nah, it's okay. We're already here. Oh, okay. You already, already said here. vanity. I guess just like thinking about vanity, like three as an attachment type is sort of presuming like the external world is, is going to be the way it is. So I need to fit the standard mm. in order to receive praise. But then three is also like an aggressive type or an assertive type as some people would call it. Like, so there's this like heart repression that's going on, which makes them like very motivated. And, and a trend I've noticed is that like threes will blame other people when they're like too emotional sometimes i've noticed that like like mm. i um had an interaction with some friends there were some friends i had and i still love them both deeply but they're not together anymore they were dating and they had this really messy breakup 
And, um, and one of them was a very emotional individual and the other was a three. And the three in the relationship when it ended was sort of like, basically it ended because the emotional person came to the other one and said like, hey, I feel like you've been like not acknowledging my needs in our relationship, whatever. Mm. And the three was like, yep, you're right. I don't have time for that in my life right now. Like, sorry, see ya. And so it was sort of like this very wow. like overly direct and honest like end to their relationship. And it was just interesting to me because I'm, I'm curious, like what, like how would that manifest blame? Because maybe to mm. some degree that's like a, maybe that's sort of like a, you're being too emotional. That's, it's your fault for being so emotional. And I, I'm busy in my own lane, being productive and making my life happen, whatever. But also maybe it's sort of like, maybe the three is blaming themselves to the degree of like, I don't have the emotional capacity to do this. And I, I don't know. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I almost, again, with the one and the competency, it's just like an objective way of looking at things, like a very emotionless yeah. kind of, okay, this is what you said. I mean, I don't have time. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, as I was yeah. thinking about it, I was, I don't know, the stereotype of the three in my head, maybe this is like not, productive but it, it's just like a cheerleader like the most quintessential cheerleader kind of type and what happens when someone comes along and like kind of makes the world less easy for someone like that you just kind of like cut people off not even vocally you just kind of silently cut Move people around. off you know it's like for I feel like for a three who just kind of adapts to what's easy and kind of like doesn't adapt there's not even a big deal made about causing blame it's just like you're not even it's not even worth objectively it's not even worth talking about or or you know making this whole shebang about like not connecting anymore can you explain what you meant by adapts to what's easy doesn't adapt i'm, a, I'm a confused about what <laughs> like adapts to what's easy like um I feel like because it's so like threes are able to be objective, like, oh, this is the path that's successful and is going to get me where I need to go. Like, I'll just do that. And if something objectively they can see is going to get in the way of that, like a relationship that takes time that they don't have, or um, I don't know, whatever it yeah. is, like, it's just easy for them to be like, okay, bye. But it's not even a big deal. I feel like. Well, and I wonder too, like, if because their heart is repressed, like, I wonder if that makes it easier to to just sort of move around and move beyond because it's sort of like their own feelings, their own like painful feelings or sadness, like they're not going to deal with it anyways, because they're too busy, you know, like, I wonder, yeah. I wonder if that's why it might look like they're blaming other people because they just don't have time to even like address their own feelings, honestly. Mm, yeah, you know? I mean, it's definitely not that they don't, that they don't like aren't having a hard time with it or something. It's just that they're moving quickly. They're moving too quickly. You know, I think that's similar with all the aggressive types, honestly. Yeah. That a lot Seven of what they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the blame that they have is just like, I'm too far ahead and you're not at the same pace. So I'm, it's not even worth turning around and telling you that I'm blaming you. It's just kind of yeah. like, okay, bye. <laughs> Which I don't even think that honestly, as an aggressive type, like I honestly don't even see 
that in often in myself. Like sometimes it takes for people to be like, Hey, I felt hurt by that, that I'm like, Oh, I had no idea. I was already gone. I was already like packed up and I had no idea. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Do you want to jump to seven or do you want to save that for later? Let's save it for later. Let's, let's not talk about my issues yet. (laughs) Um, So we'll talk about four. Okay. This is another thing that's really interesting because fours have this like, oh, I'm, I'm centrally Mm -hmm. flawed complex, like this, this aspect of seeing themselves as flawed. But I think I used to understand this incorrectly in regard to like, I think, I think I used to think that fours feared being flawed, but I'm realizing now that like the flaw, like the missing piece in four is like what they're priding themselves on, you know? And so like, they're, Mm. I don't know if there's really any blame they're taking for it. And you look at fours and like, they have this disdainful superiority complex, like, like the world is beneath me, which that does not seem like a blaming myself kind of thing at all, you know? And yet I've heard a lot of fours say that they blame themselves, but then I'm realizing in retrospect, like those people probably weren't fours at all. They were probably just Mm. like sad, probably just like sad nines, you know, like, (laughs) like I hate to say it, but I'm just realizing a lot of like, I think actual fours are so rare to come by. And when you do come across them, like, I wonder how often they actually, um, would blame themselves really, you know, they would probably yeah. say maybe that they, that they blame themselves as a way of like making themselves look more like a tortured soul, but like, mm. do they actually, you know? I mean, and maybe there's room for that. I, I think rather when I think of blame and the four, I think of kind of these, these mental phrases of like, Oh, you don't get me or, you know, other people are boring or you know, it's just like, it's not even like really active blame. It's just kind of. No, but it kind of is though at the same time. Like you don't mm. get me. You mm. know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm, I'm not gotten by you. It's you don't get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also when you talk to fours, there's there's a different way. Like the two uses, we've talked about like their weaponizing of blame. But I feel like the the, the four kind of uses blame as like a personality trait. They're like, the more yeah. that they feel they can blame people, like the more interesting they become. So it's it's like exciting. <laughs> it's like, oh, like I totally had to torture childhood or it sucked or like whatever. And and when you're talking to them and like, you're like, oh man, I'm really sorry that happened. They're like, no, it was like, it was great. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm like, it's totally fine or, um, I don't know. It's a very different way. I don't feel like they would, I don't feel like I've seen them say it's totally fine. They don't, but they don't like have any shame about telling the story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. There, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying, but I don't know. I think something I've been, I've been noticing about fours is that like, it's this weird push and pull. Like, I don't know how much of their blame direction they would actually let you see because they're committed to this like secrecy thing, you know, Mm. like in order to stay Mm. interesting and in order to stay like distinct there is this layer of like non-revealing that's going on with four or like they want you to see just enough so that so that you know that they're better than you but also like they don't want you to see so much that they're clear and transparent to you if that makes sense yeah yeah and that's where that like collection of blame comes in handy because it can pick and choose like what pieces of their tragic story to tell or what pieces of their uniqueness to share withhold um according to i mean i feel like for especially 
like the most of the fours I know are three wings and I think that they kind of go hand in hand in the sense of like fours are good at telling their audience if that makes sense and saying like okay what would make it what would make my story the most you know have the most umph with this crowd and so you can pull and pick and pull from your from your stories of blame of of whatever even of self-blame and say like oh yeah this was really hard and or this was my bad or whatever yeah i get what you're saying that i think that's fair i think that's very fair um what else was i going to say should we move on to five do you feel like uh, there's yeah. more to say about four i don't have um, anything else five i feel like again as a rejection type like there's this sort of like self-severing thing but i don't see fives as like self-pitiful pretty much ever you know and like amidst like what you were saying about ones and threes like this sort of like logical factual telling it how it is competency mm. mindset like i feel like fives probably do that the most and like already operating from this alien perspective of like being down at the bottom by themselves like mm-hmm. i'm wondering um i don't know just like i find it unlikely that they would really often feel like things are their fault because it's sort of like the way that they're orienting to people to other people is already so limited you know what i'm saying like the, the amount of space they have for like relationships is so limited mm-hmm. so i'm intrigued to see i don't know what do you think about that well i totally see the same thing with one and three especially three with the whole like oh i don't have time like objectively i feel like um you know honestly i get the sense from fives that blame is is kind of a calculation that they make in life they're just like Hmm. in order to live Hmm. like this these things are going to happen and these people are going to make mistakes and they kind of expect um they expect that they expect that like like we've used the dragon analogy before for the five of I don't come out of my cave you don't come into my cave we have this agreement and there's a anticipate there's an anticipation of both rejection but also of like of blame occurring so like let's just not even engage well and this this is sort of what i'm thinking about like that idea that like pre like five eight and two all have like they have different contracts but they all have a very specific contract for how relationship is allowed to go Mm. you know like they all have a very specific vision of of how things are allowed to go in their relational dynamics and so i think that is part of like the protection from having to blame the self because the idea is like well whenever this has not gone well whenever there's been a transgression in our contract it's your fault because i wrote the contract Mm. you know it's sort of like this Mm -hmm. i made an agreement of how we would operate and it's sort of like, so, so, you know, like, I guess anyone can end up blaming themselves for any sort of event, but like, I feel like it's much more likely that fives would probably feel like it's others fault. Like others are taking from them, you know, rather yeah. than feeling like, oh, I, I wronged other people, you know? Oh yeah. Or if anything, I feel like the self-blame would occur if they were like, I shouldn't have gotten involved, you know, like, why did hmm. I come out of my cave? Like, yeah. Yeah. If, if it were to happen. Yeah. That's true. Maybe, maybe that's there, but like, to be honest, when is that going to happen? You know, well, like, exactly. When gonna... Exactly. And I'm sure it does. I guess like, sometimes it does, but not often. Yeah. Right. Especially if they think like I can control it, you know, like I can control it. If I came out of my cave, I think there is a sense of like that, that's when it would happen. 
of like, oh, I can totally control my environment if I leave my cave. And then they're like, why did I leave my cave? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this, yeah. This was my fault. I should have known better because because there's this this intellectual side of it too. Like I should have thought through the facts and like known this was going to happen. I, I don't know why. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. I didn't really think about that. But as a head type, there is this concern of like danger, you know, like what's, mm-hmm. what is to risk? What's the fear that's going to mm-hmm. happen behind it? But of course, in order for life to occur, there has to be risk. And I think that's the balance that the five is fighting of how do I live? How do I live? Yeah. 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 How do I live, but still be in my cave all the time? And the answer really is you can't do that. You, you can't, you can't. So like, what is six doing by contrast? Oh, well, the six is like, they live outside of the cave, but in order to find that that security like instead of like staying in their own cave they're like knocking on every house like can i stay this night <laughs> um there's no room at the end there's no room though yeah i mean i think that that sixes are well we've talked a lot about like their their fear of their own mind or like the distrust of their own mind i think that's mostly where they that blame lies internally of like, I can't make the right decision or I didn't set this up correctly, especially like logistically, like, oh, I didn't plan it right. Um, so I need to get like advice from other people. I need other people to help me make it better. But where do you see the blame like going externally for that? Because six is an well, attachment type. Exactly. And I think this is part of it is that the attachments that they're making, like because they are attached to other things and their and their mind is essentially displaced onto the mm-hmm. other. It's sort of like, well, when things go wrong, it's like, oh, well, you you failed me. You know what I'm saying? Like the attachment is is at fault mm-hmm. because it's sort of like I wasn't even operating out of my own free will or whatever. So it's sort of like a deterministic mindset, like because I chose to attach to you, but they don't see it as a choice. It's like because they attach to something. And then it failed them. There's like this fear of like, oh, but I thought you were going to be consistent in my world. I thought mm. you were going to be consistent and now it's your fault. So there's like a lot of external blame that happens with sixes. I've noticed that like, honestly, I feel like sixes might be most prone to like externally blaming other people all the time. Like a, mm. like I've noticed this accusation thing because we think about sixes in general, like they're orienting toward an authority figure because that's a form of attachment. But then like all the time, like sixes are the conspiracy theorists who are saying like, oh, this yeah, is gonna, like so you're true. out, you're yeah. out to get me. You know, there's a sense of like some, mm. some like big man in the sky who's coming to like strike you down or something. You know, it's like, there's always some higher power, whether that's literal, metaphorical, whatever, but this mm. six feels attached to it to some degree. So there's a risk. There's like a feeling of like, what do I have to lose here? I don't know. Definitely a lot of sixes I know, like, or at least I've noticed this trend with sixes that, um, at least with counterphobic sixes, or I, I don't know whether you want to call it that or not, like aggressive, more aggressive uh, sixes. There's this, there's this sense of like you wouldn't really know that they're so insecure, and insecure, and like literally meaning like mentally like in, insecure yeah. about their own thought. Like you wouldn't know that because they're so quick to like judge authority or judge like the way things are run. And so you're like, oh, so you really feel like you know better. And that's kind of the vibe you get. But then you realize like, no, it's because like it freaks me out that the person who's in charge isn't doing this 
the way that I feel like they could be doing it. And so now I'm like afraid that I chose to trust you. And you know, this whole like layers of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually really good because honestly, I think that expresses that like sixes are a form of duality, you know, like that's central to mm. what they are. And so like the counterphobic side of them is is what is blaming others. Whereas the phobic side of them is what is blaming itself, you know, like yeah. that phobic behavior of like, let me follow the rules and things didn't go my way. It's because I failed to follow the rules. Really. Right. I failed to keep myself safe. Yeah. But the counterphobic behavior is sort of like a, a shoving away mm. and like a, a sort of like angsty teen vibe. So it's sort of like, yeah, again, like a, your fault for, for being the patriarchy or your fault for being part of this big system mm, for this. Right. Like I, something I've noticed is that like, sixes can be like prophets in a way in in the sense of like they want to warn people you know like they want to warn the tribe like the community mm. of like hey you don't see what's happening and it's like it's your fault if you choose to trust x y or z and they're doing that so ardently because they are tempted to trust x y or z right right if, if there's this pushback it's sort of like and that's what the attachment types do to some degree you'll see it with nine too regarding autonomy but there's this feeling of like, because there is this subconscious awareness of how they're being influenced by the outside world, there's like this pushback of like, we need to not be influenced kind of thing, mm. you know, whereas the hexad types like aren't concerned with not being influenced because they're already not being influenced. Right. Well, there's this giant push and pull with the six because, I mean, it, it's just that, like what you were saying, the phobic versus the counterphobic, literally of saying like, when you feel that internal blame, it forces them to outsource. And then mm -hmm. there's the external blame, which forces them to, to find the source within themselves. And then that continues the cycle of like, otherwise they would just get advice from other people and stick with it, or they would just keep to themselves. And I feel like that's why like that out, that, um, that insourcing is why a lot of people feel like sixes look like ones because there is this like willingness to critique, but why they're so different than ones is like, when you start to see the cycle of, they they don't stay in the in-source very long because they can't. It's an they're attachment like, thing. It's an attachment yeah. thing, really, yeah. is that at the end of the day, they have to attach. And when they're not attached, it's like, they're gonna find something to attach to and blame. But honestly, at the same time, I've noticed that like sixes tend to be like the most self-hating in like a way I've noticed mm -hmm. like that, there's this willingness to like complain and complain about how their life sucks sometimes. But then there's also this sense of like, oh, but it's really like if I had done X, Y, or Z, like, I feel like they start with blaming other people. And then at the end of the day, it's sort of like, mm. oh, but I suck, you know, not because they, not because they have like bad self-esteem, but because there's this default mindset that my own mind is untrustworthy, you mm -hmm. know? And if you're yeah. thinking, if you're seeing the world that way, that like, I'm not competent, I'm not capable to handle the world. It's like when it goes wrong, even though they'll start by blaming the attachments, at the end of the day, there's this narrative that like, oh, I'm not really capable. Mm -hmm. So it's my fault and, because I wasn't and capable. It, that's the continuation of the cycle that, that can't end, you know. Um, that's the neurosis saying like, no, keep going. You have to go back to the other one, you know, blame blame yeah. them and then blame me and then blame them. Yeah, okay. it's very confusing. Wow. Seven, Seven. why don't you start us off here? Oh my gosh. Well, we haven't really been talking about this much, but when like as a seven, this is definitely how I feel blame come out, which is the stress to one. Like I see when I feel like I am in a blaming mood <laughs> or like when I just like am geared towards that when I'm very tired or something like it's just really easy for that blame to be 
very critical. Like it comes out in a very critical way. It's not just like you you hurt me, you know, it, it I I personally don't feel like I often it's like really easy for me to be like you hurt me, but rather like you were wrong and I just trusted that or or like you made this bad for everyone or you know think like kind of comments like that which is very different than like i feel hurt mm. by you um like i think back to moments in my life where i was like hey like that like where genuinely like what i was communicating was i felt hurt but the way that i said it was like i just didn't think that that was like the best way to do it or like i didn't trust the way they were they were handling that situation or like they could have done it this and this and this way um and or like that was really um what's the word like that was really unproductive or that was really uh inefficient or you know things like that um it's really easy to critique rather than just like cast blame about hurt or things like that because i think with the seven like you don't want to really see hurt but you can you can cast critique without actually feeling personal you know without it like feeling without yeah. yeah yeah without actually addressing like pain you can you can critique objectively but if you address hurt you have to recognize pain well and that that is so interesting that's a really great so i feel like honestly sevens might be like one of the most prone to blaming other people because mm -hmm. at the end of the day they don't want to feel the pain of self-blame really and that's like yeah. something they're dodging probably but something even even to note is like the frustration types are so picky you know there's such a specific vision yeah. for them of how things mm -hmm. should have been and so when it doesn't go that way, it's sort of easy to be like, well, I was, I was aware of that the whole time. I was seeing the vision mm. the whole time and I was committed yeah. to it. So you probably weren't, you know, mm -hmm. you probably were the one who wasn't committed X, Y, and Z. Whatever. Yeah. And also because sevens are kind of non-confrontational, like, well, kind of, maybe more so than kind of, but there's this, I really like what you said about the vision. Like, I really feel that of sometimes literally sometimes i'll wake up and i just have like this image of like the way that the day's gonna go i don't even realize it sometimes but i'm like yeah it's gonna be this way and i'm gonna do this and this and this and then without even realizing it like just the day doesn't go like that just because like people exist in the world and i don't you know not everyone knows my brain and suddenly i find myself being like really critical and i'm like Ugh, like we're not like, why are we doing this? Or like, blah, blah, blah. And like, when mm. the reality is like, I'm only being critical because I had this picturesque idea of how the day was going to go. Didn't communicate it to anybody. <laughs> and then suddenly I'm, I'm like sitting by myself being like, why aren't we doing exactly what was in my head? Like, well, duh, you didn't tell anybody. And so I, I think exactly what you're saying. Like the seven is probably the most likely to be externally blaming others because there's like just a, you don't even want to recognize the dissatisfaction in yourself and, or the, the ways that you contributed to being dissatisfied. Like um, I was thinking about this the other day and like, I think sevens are, one of the types most likely to like set themselves up for disappointments 
because really what disappointment means is like an appointment that you set that something doesn't meet. And because mm. we're constantly setting appointments, like most of the time that people don't even realize, like we are most likely to receive a disappointment. And so for those of you who have like lots of seven friends or seven, whatever, like know that, that if we are critiquing you, which we probably are, <laughs> that, that like we had this whole vision of the way things were going and, and, it's just good, I think, practice for sevens to take a moment and be like, okay, that's that's not fair. You know, like we need mm. to account for everyone in this situation and realize like your critique, your disappointment, you set it up for yourself to have and to feel like you yeah. could have had the greatest day, but you didn't come to terms with your expectations and you didn't communicate it to anyone. And we don't want to like mess anyone else's plans up right so we also don't want to communicate communicate like our grand ideas sometimes because we don't want to hurt anyone else's dreams but then we're just going to be like silently <laughs> silently well, disappointed. I, think, I think that depends on the seven you know what i'm saying mm. like i can see se some sevens who are totally willing to say exactly what they envisioned mm. um you know but I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's a two fix in you that's making some sense of like other orientedness. You know what I'm saying? Like a that's oh, I can't yeah, that's fair. Because I owe this to other people, but I but I also get your point. Like there there's plenty of good stuff you were saying there. Um, I guess we should do eight. Yeah. Um, wow. I don't know. I just I feel like you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really hard for me to see a reality in which type eight is not blaming other people because mm. like the whole the whole narrative is like. I expand um, because I, I have a right to take what doesn't belong to me. You know, mm -hmm. it's like everything is it, it, there's, and there's also just like this deep guardedness and this sense of like being jaded and wounded, you know, but like never letting mm -hmm. anyone see it. Like, I don't want anyone to see my own. I won't ever play the victim role. Like eights don't want to play the victim role, but they also have a sense of being wounded by other people. So it's like, how do I take back what I lost? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I take back control when I didn't have control? I think that the comment about control is really big. And I think that's actually a way that I see it's able to blame themselves is when like they feel like they should have had control or power over something and it was taken from them. Or, I mean, even the simple, like imagine an eight father with like a kid and the kid got hurt or something and they should have been watching them. You know, I think in that way, because the situation happened around their lack of protecting, like that's when eights really become self-blame. Like they really start blaming because themselves. Because it's, it's the only thing they had to offer. You know what I'm yes. saying? Because of yeah. the rejection dynamic, like I severed this, all that they have left to offer is like their dominant center, which is that protective mm -hmm. body energy. So when it's like maybe, yeah, maybe that's a great point. Like when I fail to protect, it's my fault. I have a coworker um, who is an eight and she is a fascinating person and works for um, child protective services and is very, she's so cool. She just mm. like, when there are people who are like doing what they shouldn't be doing and like, or there are children in danger or whatever, she'll just like get on the phone and be like, tell it, tell it just how, just how it is. And like, go and save those kids. She's basically a hero, but um, I don't know. I just, I can see her just, she shared an event that was like really hard where she couldn't, 
she couldn't protect the vulnerable kids. Like she literally was trying to do that mm. and couldn't do it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she doesn't like, she doesn't even know the Enneagram. I like, I told her I had this podcast a little bit cause I, her eightishness was so vivid and clear. I mean like even her job, you know what I'm saying? Which is like, let yeah. me, let me protect children who are vulnerable. It just was mm. crazy to me, but she was expressing like a story about a date that was really hard where the kids weren't like safe at the end of the day. And she felt like it was her fault. So that's, yeah, that's a good point. Like uh, I should have had control or I should have protected better because it's the mm. only thing I had to offer really. But I feel like that self-blame is in itself a form of trying to take back control. It's like, if I can blame myself, then I can start to even regain some of, of the hands. power. Yeah. That was taken from me. Um, yeah. But I think you're right in, in general terms, like outside of those situations, it's, very common i feel like for eights to just blame other people um and not 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 even like necessarily in a critical way of just like literally a blame way of like that was your fault <laughs> or you know it like it's it's not it's okay here's what i'm trying to say it's not objective like it's usually feels personal you know yeah yeah and that's because that's what the rejection types are all doing. You know, it's always personal for them, mm-hmm. even when it shouldn't be. Yeah. All right. Type nine, um, sloth. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, honestly, I feel like nines are probably the most prone to blaming themselves. Oh yeah. Like, I was going to say that too. Mm-hmm. Because the default mindset is like, I don't matter here. So when something happens and someone is blaming me, it's like, it must actually be my fault because I thought I right. was invisible, you know? Like right, I, right. I was supposed to be invisible, but I had an impact on my environment, which I wasn't supposed to do. Mm. And now it's my fault, you know? Yeah. That's kind of like sad that because they don't see the positive impact of themselves, that it's really easy to believe the negative impact when it's said, you know, it's like you have to, I also feel like nines are just generally really absorbent. So if you, say certain things to them of like hey this is how i feel you are they're like oh wow i didn't know i was that way but i totally am <laughs> like, you know so it's it's almost like being really careful about the way that you confront or or speak with with very observant people in general like all of the attachment types because they will absolutely just take it on and be like yeah no you're right so blame is really easy to internalize for all three, but especially the nine, I think. Well, and also like we think about the context for blame, which is usually conflict and nines have such a low threshold for that. Typically. Um, I I'm thinking of this analogy for this of like, because nines are like, don't want to create conflict and they want to like be, you know, the peacemakers or whatnot, you know, make something homostasis. Like I think about, um, like the idea of like throwing a ball off of a wall and how the harder the wall is, the more um, the the ball will like ricochet, right? And that's exactly what the nine doesn't want. They don't they don't want the ball to ricochet anymore. So, what's the fastest way to get the ball to stop ricocheting? You the the wall absorbs the ball, right? And so because they like this is just what I'm thinking of. Don't laugh at me. Like because they want the other walls in the room to like not feel the pain and the hurt it's just like easier for them to absorb the ball <laughs> you're laughing but this is a totally good analogy <laughs> no but i'm just i'm, I'm not-
sentient walls, but okay, we'll go with it. So I, I get the metaphor you're making, but I just love how you're saying all the other walls in the room. Like it's like, <laughs> like, a, like, like a, like a concrete, I don't know, like what's it, like Stonehenge or something? Like all these different like walls are like meeting, sorry. No, but you're right. I get the point that you're making. Just, well, it's just like, it's just the simplest way. It's just the easiest way to absorb it. Like, I'm just going to become a net. I'll just become a whatever it needs to be. And I'll absorb the wall. And it, like, and so because it's the lie of I don't matter, it, instead it becomes like, how can I be useful to everyone else? And if you're telling me, you know, if, if me blaming myself is a tool for everyone else to feel better, then they'll use it every time. But it's not, I don't know, not every single nine is like, like as other oriented as that. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of times it's just easier, like you're saying. Like mm. it's easier to just like, like maybe, maybe they don't always believe it's their fault. You know, like I'm not a nine, so I've never been a nine. But like maybe there are times where they, where they truly know it's not their fault, but they'll just let other people think it's their fault because it's, it's not going to affect anything if they just say, sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if, if someone's trying to catch the blame, maybe the nine's okay with taking it, even though they don't really think it's their fault. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Never been a night, but well, I think that's probably all we have about blame. I mean, I, I guess we did it all. We did all nine types. So and there's definitely more, but there's we plenty went more, them but all for sure. So a- anyone can sound off. Just like find us on Instagram or something. Just email mm-hmm. us if you want. I mean, I'm not gonna repeat all the links. Whatever you can find us. Like it's it's all in all the other episodes. <laughs> just find us. Not my type. <laughs> Enneagram. Just search it somewhere. You'll find it. Okay. <laughs> Great. Just not not the Facebook page, or at not least, the Facebook page. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't do that. Everywhere don't, else, don't though, find us. Go for it. And um, that's pre- that's pretty much it, though, right? Like we don't have anything yeah. else to say tonight. Yeah. So we'll see you guys, or hear you guys, or you'll hear us. You'll hear time. us. That's for sure. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. I, I like that ending. Like, I'm incessant on making that the worst way to end every single time. You're in, you're insistent on it. I'm insistent and incessant. Yes. What does incessant mean? Incessant means like non-stopping, like incessantly, like you are incessantly insistent. That's true. Notoriously bad at coming up with titles. No, no one said that. I, I said that right now kirka right now <laughs> you said kirka yeah i know you always make fun of me but i'm gonna keep saying it kirka no what is kirka no I'm, i've never made fun of you because i've never heard you say that i don't know oh, really is. like circa <laughs> i'm picturing kirka like soren kierkegaard like the the philosopher the last the name k-k-i-r-k E. Wait. Yeah. Instead it's just of how circa. I've always said it. It's just how I've always said wait, it. Wait, wait, Malia, wait, what? <laughs> you do not get to just choose how to pronounce <laughs> Durka. You can't just call it Kirka for no reason. Why, wait, why what? Not? <laughs> in what reality does C I R make that sound? What other word in the English language? <laughs>